Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hey, Andrew. Hello there, Edwin. Continuing in Hebrews chapter 9. Yes. Talking about regulations for worship. Yes. Talking about temple and tabernacle and sacrifice. Priests and incense and <laughs> lampstands. You know, it's amazing to me when we just talk about it like that, I, I, there, there's a part of me that says, ah, oh, I'd rather watch paint dry. But as <laughs> well, we, yeah, when you talk about it like that. <laughs> but as we actually go through Hebrews, this has been very exciting for me. This has been very helpful. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, are, the conversations with you are really resonating with me, and I hope it's I hope that's getting across as others who are listening that that you know when. Yeah, I get it. When people hear about, oh, we're going to talk about regulations for worship, we're going to talk about temples and tabernacles, oh, you know. But this is actually very relevant. It's been very relevant in my life to talk about how how important it is to hang on to Jesus. One of the things I love about the book of Hebrews in general, maybe you've heard an illustration like this when people come to the Bible and they're trying to understand what the Bible teaches, and it's, it's likened to a puzzle. And uh, you you need to you need to sort of see how the pieces go together, right? Mm-hmm. And and the book of Hebrews for me is is almost like uh, the the picture on the box. I mean, yeah. it really does help draw together how this Old Testament fits in with this New Testament and God's right. big plan. And it's a huge deal. Shadow and substance. Yes. There's regulation and pattern yes. that points forward to the fact that there's going to be a new covenant, a greater covenant, one that God was always pointing to. Yeah. And man, when that one gets here, hang on. And and Hebrews isn't the only book in the Bible that does that, and in the New Testament. But I mean it. It does it well, and particularly when if when you spend some time in the Old Testament, you, you know, you're kind of reading through Exodus, and you're reading through Leviticus, and you want to do that because you love God, and it is His Word, but sometimes you start thinking, but you know, I'm a Christian, I don't know why we're spending this much time on this. Well, God spent this much time on it, and then you come to the book of Hebrews and say, oh, wow, because yeah. He's laying all this out for the spiritual realities in Christ, and we need to understand what an important issue this is. But it is pointing to the spiritual realities in Christ. Yes. And the Hebrew author is telling us there was some very real reason for having that first covenant. You need to know that first covenant. You need to study it to bring you into Christ. But now that Christ is here, hang on to Jesus. Amen. Don't don't go back. Don't go back to the shadow. Mm-hmm. We've got the substance. Don't don't go back cuz that'll be drifting Away. Drifting away, drifting away. Let's before we continue our conversation, maybe we should read today's <laughs> yeah today's so scripture. We're going to go a little further on in Hebrews chapter nine. I'm going to be reading verses six through fifteen from the New King James Version. Hebrews nine, verse six. Now, when these things had been thus prepared, the priests always went into the first part of the tabernacle, performing the services. But into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience, concerned only with foods and drinks, various washings, and fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of reformation. 
but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come, which the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place, once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works and to serve the living God? I want to focus on once for all. Mm. As as I hear this, we, we recognize, so yesterday we really jumped on the idea of even the first covenant had regulations for worship and understanding that there were going to be regulations then in the second covenant, that it's just it's just understood. Everybody expected that because that's the standard. That's, that's how the covenants norm. work. That is how covenants work. So there were all these preparations that were made so that the high priest could come into the presence of God mm-hmm. for this worship. Mm-hmm. In our covenant, the high priest has gone into the heavenly holy place of God. Mm-hmm. He has appeared as high priest to prepare us for worship. And he has prepared us for worship by his sacrifice that he offered once for all. Once for all. What, what a powerful thing. Because how many sacrifices did those Old Testament priests offer? Well, I'm sure... It- Amounted up to thousands over the years, <laughs> going from Moses and and uh, you know Mount Sinai and setting it all in order to the time of Christ. Listen, thousands every year, yeah. thousands every year. If you go back to Numbers twenty eight and twenty nine, there is a litany of sacrifices that the priests had to offer that were the simple bare minimum. Okay. So if you're reading Leviticus, you hear about all the different kinds of sacrifices. There were burn offerings and sin Mm -hmm. offerings and guilt offerings. There are votive offerings. There's Thanksgiving offerings. There's meal offerings offerings and and drink offerings. There's all kinds of different sacrifices. In Numbers 28 and 29, God outlines... Now, priests, here's what you just had. Just the bare minimum. We're not even talking about the people of Israel who are coming in and saying, I've sinned, I want to make an offering. Right. I have a vow, I want to make an offering. We're, we're not even talking about the people who came because they had had children, and so they were giving the their offerings and the dedications yeah. that they had when the child was born. We're not talking about all the offerings that were made on the Passover, mm. when all the families came and offered their Passover lamb. We're just talking about the absolute bare minimum. And he talks about the fact that they're supposed to offer something every morning and every evening. Right. They're supposed to offer something every Sabbath day. Right. They're supposed to offer something every new moon. Yeah. And then it lists all these different feasts. And on the feast days, there were offerings that were supposed to be given. Every year, there were more than just the bare minimum, more than 1,200 sacrifices offered. Wow. Morning, evening, every Sabbath day, every beginning of the month, and then through the feast days, more than 1,200. So if we just take that bare minimum... We're not just talking about, over time, thousands. We're not even just talking about hundreds of thousands. We're actually talking about millions. Millions of sacrifices. Millions of sacrifices. And then especially when you bring in the fact that the families and the individuals and the Passover and so many other things that were coming in, adding on top of that. Just think about what the tabernacle and then the temple must have been like. 
yeah. the, the smells, the sounds, the, yeah. the screeching and squealing of, of animals being slaughtered, the smell of, of blood and, and butchery Fire. and burning meat. Yeah. And it, it just, uh, man, what a place. It was a place that said it screamed death. Mm. When you walked in, I, you know, walking up from a distance and, and seeing the structure, it may have been a beautiful sight to behold, but man, once you got there, it said death. It said sin means death. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we see here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus, however, how many sacrifices did he have to offer? Once. One. For all. Once for all. Once for all. So what, how, just, Andrew, yeah. tell me what your thoughts are about that. I mean, when you hear well, that and the, the difference there, where does that take you? Where it takes me is um, a, a case being made by the Hebrew writer for the superiority of the new covenant. It is a better covenant. Um, all of these animals, and I mean, you do a great point, make a great point there, Edwin, in painting the picture. Uh, they, the, the value of all these sacrifices does not compare to the precious blood of Christ yeah. and his own sacrifice of truly being the sinless one, fully man and fully God. You know, the, the other thing it makes me think about is we said, okay, in this new covenant, there will be worship. It will be, need to be according to regulation because that's the way covenants work. But this is going to look very, very different because if you take all the animal sacrifices out of it, uh, then then how are you worshiping and how are you pleasing this God now? I mean, you do a great point about the dedications of morning and evening and the new moon and all these sorts of things. But we're not going to be killing animals anymore. It's not going to be all these bloody sacrifices anymore. So, you know, teach me, Lord, how to do this. Teach me, Lord, how to pray. Teach me, Lord, how to worship. Teach Mm. me. Uh, because what I've I've learned from this new covenant is there's going to be a way that you will find acceptable, a myriad of ways you will not find acceptable, but it's going to be different. So so how do we do this? We need to be in the Word. We need to be studying this covenant. We need to be reading what the Christians did mm-hmm. as they worshipped, mm-hmm. <clears throat> as they edified, as they built one another up, singing, praying, praising, preaching, proclaiming yeah. this good news, this gospel that that we can hear that brings us into the holy place by the blood of our high priest slash sacrifice. Because that's one of the amazing things about Jesus is he is both priest both, and sacrifice. Right, right. He's he's both of those things. But he 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 did this once for all. When I hear that, I actually think of two two lines of thought. Okay. My my first line of thought is that he did this once for all people. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to offer one sacrifice for Jews and then another sacrifice for Gentiles. You know, if I could build on that, he's not even offering a sacrifice for himself. That makes him different than these other priests. Right. It's not about his own sins because he is sinless. Good point. Good point. So one for all people. So whether, look, whether a person was a priest or the priest, or, or it's it's just one sacrifice. Mm-hmm. That's that's really powerful when you go back to Leviticus and find that there were different standards of sacrifice. There were different sacrifices that were offered if it was the priest who was sinning, right. if it was uh, the, the people who were sinning, if it was the nation who sinned. Jesus has offered one sacrifice for all. Mm. Uh, no matter what your role within mm-hmm. the kingdom is, no matter what uh, nationality, no matter what the color of your skin is, no matter what your gender is, no matter what your job is, no matter what language you speak, Jesus offered the one sacrifice for all. He did not have to be offered for each people, for each language, for each skin color, for each heritage, for each yeah. ethnicity, one for all. all. 
That's, that's a good point. That's that one sacrifice. And so, of course, that tells us it doesn't matter where we're from, who our parents were, sure. what language we speak, what color sure. our skin is. If we want to be saved and come to God, we do it through Jesus. The beauty of this new covenant is it is inviting all people to come and be part of it. Yeah. I will be their God and they will be my people. Mm. And their sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. And no matter what people you were, you can come be God's people in Christ. Yeah, absolutely. My second line of thought, my second line of thought, and and this may be a little bit even more directly what he's saying here, once for all time, mm. once for all time. He So a lot of folks will say things like, I don't know why you'd allow that book from 2,000 years ago to govern how you worship oh, and right. how you serve God, and yeah. as if... As if because we've had technological advances, that changes how you worship God. Because we've had technological advances, that changes how you serve God or how yeah. you're saved and, and come into God's presence. Uh, that's, that's not the way it works. Uh, because uh, expansion, the, the known world expanded from Europe and Asia to also include the Americas. Because we've had the Industrial Revolution, because we've gone through the Reformation and the Enlightenment, and now we've moved into a modern time period and then a postmodern time period. And the philosophies of men have expanded. The number hey. of religions that people have made have have increased. As if Jesus needed to offer himself again for all. No, no, no. one offering for all time. Just even as you say that, I, I think that it may be better said in this information age that it has raised our awareness. It's it's not to say that there aren't you know new things, but actually it's just we're kind of more aware mm. of all the things, yeah, yeah, all the different religions and all the different customs and all that sort of stuff. In other words, uh, it, there's this explosion of information. We just can't believe all this is going on in this world. You know who hasn't been surprised by any of this? You know who wasn't unaware? Uh, God, God, he already saw this, and knew all this was going on, and yet he still has the way yes. in Jesus Christ. And so from from now for all time, yeah. we enter God, we come to God through Jesus Christ. The once for all, you were talking about all, all people and all positions, all time, uh, you know, all sins, all the wrongdoings. Oh, good point. Right? You know that sometimes we might do something and feel like, now I really have crossed the line. Now I really have gone too far, and, and there is no getting back to God. There is no being right, and and that's not true. There is a sufficiency in this sacrifice mm. to make us right with God and bring forgiveness of our sins. Mm. That is profound and powerful. I want to spend more time talking about those kind of things, but we're out of time. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and let's just be thankful. Holy God, thank you so much for Jesus' sacrifice. Once for all people, once for all sins, once for all time, we surrender and give our allegiance to Jesus as Lord. It's through him we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic steady, day. Steady, pass the word along. 
Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna! Christ is captain of the mighty throne.